Hello, and welcome to our Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review moves from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I'll be reviewing 1994's A Low Down Dirty Shame. Alright guys, welcome back. Finally, we can get into the review of A Low Down Dirty Shame. Uh, this movie came out in 1994, and it stars Keenan Ivory Wayans. Um, I remember oh, watching this movie with my family on cable. That's how I watched it as a kid. And I also remember, I also remember uh, actually liking this movie a lot. <laughs> as a kid i remember liking this movie a whole lot as a kid and also thinking that uh the character that uh keenan ivory wayans played was super cool i remember uh actually like this is embarrassing because i my and i was fucking i was a fucking kid i was like what eight <laughs> i was gonna say i was like eight years old at the time i used to every time the movie would come on i would used to like act out like all the action scenes <laughs> in the movie it's lame i know it's fucking lame but yeah i used to do that i used to act out all the action scenes in the movie i used to like jump off the couch and try to fight and shoot guns and shit and all that shit uh out of all movies is this one you know that <laughs> i would act out the action scenes <laughs> It's it's weird. I know I'm a, I was I was a weird I was a weird child. Sorry. Let's get to the uh, production of this movie. This movie was uh, written by written and directed. Sorry, this movie was written and directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans. This movie has the unfortunate uh, task. Of getting a Rotten Tomato score or the un of the un I should say the unfortunate luxury the unfortunate luxury of getting a Rotten Tomato score of zero percent. It's got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Which which personally I, I think this is undeserving. You know, very undeserving. Very undeserving. If I I gotta get on Rotten Tomatoes. I really do. I gotta, like... I review movies. They're old movies, but... I also review new movies, too. But... I gotta... I gotta get on Rotten Tomatoes. I I gotta figure out how to get on Rotten Tomatoes. Because, like, there's a lot of movies on Rotten Tomatoes that have... Just very, very undeserving scores. And... I would like to change that. Because, like, if I was on Rotten Tomatoes... I would have probably given this at least a 70 you know, I would have given I would have given this a seventy percent. It's not that bad of a movie. I'm showing my hand right now. I know I'm showing my poker face of what I thought of the movie, but I give it a seventy percent. It's not that bad. I'm mean, like, it's not the greatest movie in the world. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's not terrible. You know, it's not that terrible. Uh, this movie, this movie is all around had fucking bad luck though, because like it had a the movie had a budget of 10 million dollars and only brought in 29 million dollars on the thanksgiving on the thanksgiving weekend it's pretty low for a thanksgiving holiday uh release 
So, I think it came in at, like, number five. I want to say. It came in at number five at the box office. I looked it up on our box office mojo. Uh, that I think this came in at number five. And it's, like, it's funny... I think I was talking. I was talking about this with my wife as I was doing review. As I was doing research for this uh, review, uh, I was saying like it's funny to watch, to look at things from the past, and see like how they performed in their era, because this movie, this movie like turned into kind of like a, a, a black cult classic. You might say <laughs> this movie's kind of a black cult classic, and you look at how bad it did at the box office. Uh, terribly it did you know and the, and the fact that it has a zero score on Rotten Tomatoes you know it's it's fun to see how things performed and how they're revered really how things are revered as time goes along you know if time goes along like this movie became this movie pretty much became like a cult classic kind of like a black cult classic um but moving on uh Let's talk about the plot. The plot follows a former LAPD detective named Andre Shame. I didn't even know that was his first name. They just call him by his last name. You know, they call him Shame. And then for for the longest time, I thought his name was Shane. You know, like, I thought his name was Shane. Because it sounds like people are saying Shane. But they're saying Shame. You know, <laughs> so his name is Andre Shame. Uh, played by Keenan Ivorians, who runs a private investigation firm with his sassy secretary, Peaches, played by Jada Pinkett. Not Smith, Jada Pinkett. This is before she got Smith. <laughs> but ghosts from Shane's past come back in the form of his ex-partner, Sonny Rothmiller, played by Charles S. Dutton, and his ex-girlfriend, Angela Flowers, played by Sally Richardson. And drug lord Ernesto Mendoza, played by Andrew Devoff. Uh, before I get into the movie, before I talk about anything about this movie, I want I I gotta give props to the Wayans brothers. You know, I, I admire the Wayans brothers' ingenuity. I, I admire that whole family's ingenuity because it's not just them. It's like the younger now the younger kids are up, you know, like and doing their thing too. Uh, cause you got, uh, you got, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. out here. You got, uh, what's, uh, the other one, Damien Wayans out here. Uh, you got, uh, Shantae Wayans, who's a stand-up comic. You know, like, they're out here, like, they're doing their thing, you know. I gotta give it, like, I gotta give it up to this family. I gotta give it up to this family for the ingenuity and being self-made. Like, they didn't wait for nobody to give them nothing they built an empire off of comedy and it's black owned and i i admire that about them it's like you could say that all the movies aren't good you know you could say like it's gross out humor or humor that doesn't age well or anything like that but i gotta give it to them man like they 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 did their thing anyway for nobody to give them nothing they they went out there and took it i gotta I gotta get that to the Wayans Brothers. And even this movie, this movie, I look at it now, even looking at it now, as I was watching the movie, I was like, I don't think I got it when I was a kid, but I get it now. It was like, 
uh, Kenan Ivory Wayans was trying to make a modern day shaft here. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to make a modern day shaft. There might have been sequels had this movie done well. You know, <laughs> you might have saw Shame Goes to Africa or some shit. You know, <laughs> you might have saw some shit like that. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, man, he was trying to make a modern day shaft. That's what this movie was supposed to be. This is also the first appearance of bald Keenan Ivory Wayans. This is the first appearance of the bald head, which he still rocks today. Uh, another thing I like about this movie. Another thing I like about this movie is I feel like uh, Keenan was trying to get out of his comfort zone on this one because uh, a lot of his, a lot of his, a couple of his movies before I was, he didn't really do. I wouldn't say he did a lot of movies. For this, he did. Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. He did that, and that's kind of a parody. You know, that's like a parody of black exploitation films. And then he was in a uh, Hollywood Shuffle. I remember him being in Hollywood Shuffle. You know, that's that's a straight up, that's a straight ahead comedy. Uh, but this is kind of like an this is kind of like an action comedy. It's like an action comedy. Like it's like an action movie with humor in it. And he was trying, like, I like that he was trying to, he was trying to step out of his comfort zone. And I love it when comedians, especially black comedians, step out of their comfort zones. I love that shit. I, I love it when they stop doing the funny haha and start trying to be like, start trying to get into the action and start trying to get into the drama, you know, and even the horror, you know, uh, fucking Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele with the fucking, with like his, all the horror stuff he's doing. Uh, Chris Rock stepping out of his comfort zone and doing a horror film. You know, I love it when I love it when black comedians step outside. Uh, Mike Epps, Mike Epps steps outside sometimes and does some serious things. And you know, as a cup, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx steps outside, does serious things. He does action stuff. He does drama. You know, like, I love it when black. I love it when black comedians step outside of their comfort zone. You know. Cause a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of white comedians that step outside their comfort zone. There's a lot of white comedians that step outside their comfort zone, and you don't even know they're fucking comedians until like you see them do stand up or some shit. You know, like fucking you got fucking Bob Odenkirk. That nigga started off on like Mr. Show, and ah, uh, he's like he's like doing like fucking John Wick action shit. You know, you know. <laughs> and Robin Williams was the king of that. You know, Tom Hanks was a was 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 a comedy guy. You know, before uh, before Philadelphia. You know, so like I love it when so I love it when black guys do that shit. I love it when black comedians step out that shit. Uh, something that uh, Eddie Murphy should have done. I think I hate to I hate to put shade on Eddie, but during the nineties, uh, I don't feel like he really tried to step out. I think like he built his name. And he was just living off the name in the 90s. And that was that was pretty much it. He was just living off that name. And he didn't he didn't want to step outside. He didn't want to step outside the box. He didn't want to step outside his comfort zone. You know, I mean, like, I'm not going to say he didn't do any good things in the 90s. I mean, I guess doing family comedies is him stepping out the box. You're like, I'm not going to do raunchy comedy. I'm going to do family comedy. <laughs> He's like. Like I did the voice of a dragon. Give me a give me a fucking break. You know some shit, right? But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. I love it when black comedians step out of their goddamn comfort zone. I fucking love it. 
Uh, I, but like, I really want, I really want like Eddie Murphy to be like the Black Robin Williams. You know, I look back on his career; he could have been like the Black Robin Williams. He could have stepped outside and did some things that were like thought provoking, and did some things that like that were like menacing. Like Robin Williams in one hour photo is fucking amazing. You know, <laughs> like if you ever seen one hour photo, I think that counts. In my, I watched this as an adult. I'm probably like when I whenever I get to it, I'm gonna get around to uh, reviewing One Hour Photo because that movie's fucking amazing. One Hour Photo, he's amazing in that. He did uh, what's that Insomniac with Al Pacino? Come on, man. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, which is a movie I haven't seen all the way, so like I can't even I can't even judge that. Dead Poet Society. You know, like Robin Williams had fucking chops. You know, like dude had fucking chops, like. He can go back. He could. He could do all this drama shit. He could be a menacing villain. And, Cause like one hour photo. He's a fucking. He's menacing as fuck. You're scared of Robin Williams in that movie. He's not like funny. He's not that funny uncle that you see at like the fucking barbecue or at at, 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 at at your grandma's house or anything like that in this movie. He's menacing. He's terrifying in that movie a guy like a guy that you've seen playing all these heart heartwarming roles and all these funny guys you would have never thought he could you would have never thought he could pull that off but he did if you haven't seen one hour photo go check out one hour photo it's an amazing fucking movie i love it uh robin williams did his thing i was like i, I really wanted eddie murphy to be that you know like as he got older as he got older i wanted him to, i wanted him to like step out of his comfort zone and do do movies like one hour photo you know like play a villain you know eddie murphy's never played a villain you know like he's never done that he's never been a guy you know that steps out and like i'm gonna play like a menacing stalker or some shit like i'm gonna play a serial killer or some shit like that like it never happened i don't know if he was afraid that people weren't taking him seriously i don't know if he didn't have the fucking range to do it but you see him in something like Dolomite is my name. You can tell that he has the fucking acting range. You see him like you see him in something like Dream Girls. Dream Girls is the most out of the box Eddie Murphy's ever been. Uh, when he played uh, when he played uh, James Thunder early, that guy's like, like that guy's like a fucking washed up soul singer who's a drug addict. You know, like that was like one of his best roles. He got nominated for an Oscar for it. He won a Golden Globe for it. I really wanted him. Like that's a guy. Like he's a guy. If any, I think if anybody could have done that, stepped out of the box, and people would have put, people would have accepted it, and more black comedians would be uh, uh, comfortable with stepping out of that box. It would been, it would have been Eddie Murphy. It would have been Eddie Murphy. I think he could have pulled it off. But this isn't about, this isn't about Eddie Murphy. <laughs> this is about Keenan Ivory Wayne's, and we're talking about Low Down Dirty Shame. Uh, and, but like I say, I commend, I commend Keenan for trying to step outside the box. At least a little bit with, like, trying to be acting. He's even trying to act, you know? <laughs> it's not that good. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that Keenan Ivory Wayans is the best actor, but he's even trying to be serious and he's trying to act in this movie. Uh, what, am I, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though, like, this movie didn't do well at the box office, you know, it's still kind of like the breakout for a Jada Pinkett. Because, like, it's funny that way, you know? It's kind of funny. Because I really didn't notice. Because, like, before this, she did Menace to Society. 
She did uh, Jason's Lyric, which are other two other movies I, I gotta fucking do. Uh, like, they're coming. Stay, stay, stay tuned. Um, but this is like her, this was like her breakout comedy role. This show that she could actually do comedy. And she, she kind of steals the movie. She kind of steals the movie. She's, she's like, this is like kind of the movie where she breaks out, I think. Uh, Charles Dutton is Charles Dutton, you know, Shakespearean actor, you know, like that's just him. He plays uh Sonny, like I said, Sonny Rothmiller, uh, his ex-partner. Uh Keenan Ivory Wayne's his ex-partner. Um, he's just doing him pretty much. He's got that that bass voice, that commanding voice. You know, and that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You don't see him very much in the movie. You really don't. Like he's not in the movie as he's not in the movie a lot. I wanna say there's probably four scenes of him he pops up like maybe four times maybe even less maybe three times (laughs) because he pops up at the beginning he pops up uh towards the middle yeah yeah you only see him four times that's it (laughs) like he's not in this movie very often uh sally richardson fucking she's just fucking gorgeous but she doesn't really have that much range even when she has to be she tries to give like give out this fucking speech, and you don't really feel it, you know. Where like she's talking about uh, being alone at, at twelve years old or some shit. It's like I've been on my own since I was twelve years old, and like I don't really, I really didn't feel it. Yeah, I really didn't feel it. You know, she has a great voice. She has a great like soothing ASMR voice. And if you didn't know, Sally Richards, Sally Richardson is the voice of Elisa Mazda on Gargoyles, by the way. I guess that's why the voice fit. You know? <laughs> you know? That's why I said that about her voice. I'm like, her voice is soothing as fuck. I love her voice. And she's a, she's a very beautiful woman. <laughs> like, very gorgeous. But acting range? Not there. Let's talk about my man Mendoza. Uh, <laughs> Mendoza's a very over-the-top villain. You know, like he's like an over-the-top cocaine like lord like drug lord he's very boisterous he's almost a batman villain to be honest if they wanted he's i'm gonna put it like this he's the precursor to tommy lee jones's uh two-face batman forever that's what mendoza reminds me of mendoza reminds me of tommy lee jones as two-face in batman forever that's how over the fucking top he is not really all that menacing you know you just over the top you know just very very over the top like as i look when i look at this movie as an adult i was like this dude's a fucking clown you know <laughs> he's a fucking clown he's he, like he's very very theatrical he's a theatrical ass villain you know <laughs> and that's all i gotta say about him also uh kim waynes has a small role in this movie thing about kim kim waynes uh i always found it really weird that uh out of the original wayans wayanses that got in the, the business uh kim wayans was the only wayans that never really took off she's the only one that never really took off like she's just as funny as her brothers but she never really made a movie career out of it you know and she kind of gets whenever you talk about the the family she kind of gets forgotten about you know 
Like, cause like she doesn't, she didn't have any movie roles. She doesn't really do stand up. The only thing she's really known for is in Living Color, uh, and she was on like a sitcom for like a couple of seasons with LL Cool J. You know, <laughs> yes, LL Cool J had a sitcom. It was called In the House. Uh, it, it was on in like the mid '90s. I want to say like '90. I think it was on for like '94 to like '97, '98 maybe. Uh, it didn't. I, I know it didn't go past 1999. So <laughs> I know it didn't go past that. But yeah, man, that's all she's done, really. I heard she's really good in this movie called Pariah. I heard she's really good in this. In that, she had a movie that came out a couple years back called Pariah. Uh, and I heard she's really good in that, but she, I might have to check that out, but she really didn't, she really hasn't done much other than, that's the only thing you know her for, in Living Color, really, you only know her for in Living Color, because not a lot of people, probably, people, they probably didn't even know that LL Cool J had a fucking sitcom for like five years, you know, so, <laughs> so, uh, and she was on it, um, that's probably the only thing you know her for. I think that's the only thing people know her for is for in living in living color. You know, because like she really gets forgotten about when it comes to when everybody talks about talks about her family. They talk about Sean, they talk about Marlon, they talk about Keenan, they talk about Damon, and now uh, Damon Junior. You know, you know, because like he's the other breakout out of the younger wins, and like I think his cousin Shante is like kind of stepping up. She's doing stand up, and like like she's kind of coming up in up in the game. But other than that, you you don't really you don't hear about her. I don't know if that's by choice, you know. I don't know if that's by choice or people think she wasn't marketable because it was very hard to market a black female comedian and get them to the next level in the nineties. Up until about up until about Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish really is the biggest black female comedian to, to fucking cross over. Cause there's a lot of there's a lot of female comedians. Uh, maybe Monique, you know, Monique crossed over for a little while, but she didn't do very much. You know, you know, <laughs> she didn't do very much. You know, like funny black women have always been underrated. You know, funny black women have always been underrated. And maybe Kim Wayans fell into that. Cause like there's a lot of there was a lot of black female comedians in the '90s that nobody nobody knew about. <laughs> like the mainstream media didn't catch on to or didn't know about you know and it's kind of sad really really it is kind of fucking sad uh but yeah man she just she just never crossed over and like she's and she's funny here like the little time the little time she's in this movie she's funny as fuck you know it's I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just that. You know, like black female comedians weren't marketable. You know, they've never been marketable. I don't think there's ever been and like unless you give them like a sitcom or something like that. And like you give them a sitcom and like it's only like black. It's only like black people watching it. You know, and, like they're not going to cross over like a Roseanne or you know, or, or anything like that. You know, they're not gonna cross over. Kind of fucking sucks. It really fucking sucks. You know, <laughs> it really sucks. Cause I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of black women that have, black women have had fucking sitcoms. Like Monique had a sitcom. 
yeah, anybody remember Thea Vidal? Thea Vidal, she had a sitcom in like the early 90s. I'm trying to think of other black comedians, comedian, black female comedians that have had sitcoms. And I can't think of one, you know? Because usually, whenever they do a black sitcom about females, they just pick an actress, you know? They just pick a fucking actress. They don't really get... They pick an actress or a singer, which is funny. Or even, like, when they do comedy, like, whenever they do comedy, like, in movies, it's an actress or a singer or, you know, or Queen Latifah. I don't know. (laughs) You know? Cause think about think about living single, which is probably like one of the most iconic. I think one of the most iconic black female sitcoms. None of those women are comedians, uh, except Kim Coles. Kim Coles, she never crossed over. Like Kim Coles is funny, and she never fucking crossed over. She's pretty, you know. Like she's funny and pretty, and she never crossed over. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm going on a I'm going on a rant about how black female comedians never crossed over they never crossed over tiffany haddish is the first she's the very first that crossed over and had like a fucking movie career you know it's it's crazy fucking crazy but anyway i like the movie uh i think this movie was a great mix of uh comedy and action very underrated very very underrated sad that it got a zero percent uh, I had fun with this movie. I had fun with this movie. I laughed. I was into it. It had me hooked. Uh, man, I give it a four out of five, bro. <laughs> I give it a four out of five. There's nothing, nothing wrong with this. There's nothing really wrong with this movie except for like Sally Richardson's like stiff acting, and uh, whenever Keenan Ivory Wayans tries to be serious, it it's it falls flat. It really falls flat. But Jada Pinkett steals this fucking movie like i said the little role that kim wayans had and then it's funny uh there's this like uh there's this uh homosexual character in there i forgot to mention him uh who's like jada pink is like roommate he's funny you know uh and i like another thing i like like they didn't disrespect him because he was gay you know like i like that um i guess some people could say oh like keenan Ivory wayans is kind of like homophobic to him but like dude's kind of coming on to him so you know <laughs> but other than that after that they were cool actually like after they had their little difference and he was cool with them after that it like he wasn't like he wasn't like gay bashing him or being hateful towards him like it's it's cool but yeah man i like this movie four out of five join me next week when i review 1996's don't be a menace after uh until then peace